0: Oh well, welcome.
1: <laughs> yeah, welcome back again and again and again.
0: But also welcome to castles and mother f and cryptids. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> that reminds me of me listening to. Um, they left it, and it was funny. A Patreon episode of those night classy teachers. <laughs> and they're like, she went, get to the end, and it was the outro, and it was like, they thanked their guests, and she was like, oh, so thank you for having this week. And Alec was like, okay, maybe more energy? <laughs> <laughs> they all started making fun of her. Like You were like, oh, okay thank you i was
1: like yes sometimes sometimes that's just how you feel
0: (laughs) but it's so funny because yeah she's usually quite like high energy i don't know okay welcome to castles and cryptids where the castles are haunted and the castle wait
1: (laughs) (laughs) did i say that right (laughs) The castles are haunted and the cryptids are cryptic as fuck. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Alana. And I'm Kelsey.
0: And I still don't know if I'm going crazy.
1: Because yeah, and we're we're stuck in another time loop of recording our time time travel episode part two for the second time. If you remember, we had we said we had to record the first half twice. Well, we've discovered we had to record the second half twice now.
0: It's like Naked Gun 33 and a third. It's time travel <laughs> episode 15 and 500 and hundreds <laughs> <laughs> Hence why I can't do our intro and I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> no. It's been a long day. Welcome yeah. back. <laughs> You've had a break in between. You guys have listened to con artists since. And hopefully that was a bit of a, a break from the time travel wibbly wobbly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a, a fun episode. Hmm. I like fun, funner crime ones. Yeah. They're like not quite on the same like intelligence planning wise as like a good heist, but they're up there no they can be like
0: misdemeanor ish
1: type crimes they don't
0: have to be you know <laughs> grand theft auto and murder one and <laughs> yeah. sexual assault. it's like yeah we can oh yeah that and i think that's a few of the others i was gonna tell you maybe a couple ideas for like like sort of um smaller crimes or funny crimes I think the listeners might like it. Let us know. Let us know. (laughs) Yeah. We will give you what you want. (laughs) So, (laughs) time travel. Oh, the fun part, though, is now I can tell you that I watched The Tomorrow War, and that was a time travel movie that literally just came out a few days ago, as of this recording, which is in July of 2021. (laughs) And it was great, because Chris Pratt can basically do no wrong. So, Chris Pratt plus time travel. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I would say, uh, like, did you like Interstellar? Yes. I think if you like Interstellar and you like, ta- like <laughs> time travel movies slash also good action movies, that you would definitely like the tomorrow Tomorrow War. It was cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I mean, the premise was a little similar to Interstellar, like Um, Because the world is, it's a few years in the future, twenty thirty. It start like it's not that far away. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's really close. Something like that, and then yeah, but then just a few years into their future, they're going to have a war with some aliens. So they actually have to come back and recruit us, you know, present day people for that war. So it's really, it's a really interesting concept that I liked. Like. You know, kind of I guess maybe kind of Terminator like, but more on a bigger scale,
1: yeah, that seems pretty an interesting concept. yes. And
0: the there's the other act the other like main actress in it. She was in um Dexter, actually, I want to say, because her name's like something Yvonne something perhaps a little russian sounding she's a blonde actress i think she was in dexter um, oh did she end
1: up playing the psychologist in the last season
0: i think so no okay.
1: is, is she a younger lady hang on oh no is that the stripper that what's his face is obsessed with
0: See, we're re-watching it, but we only got up to, um, on Dexter, the freaking annoying British brunette lady that he meets in when, AA when he p- pretends that his dark passenger is a heroin addiction.
1: and <laughs> yeah, she just sets shit on fire all the time.
0: The Tomorrow War. Evans Yvonne Strahovski Okay, so hang on, let me look at her eye and baby. I know she was in texture,
1: I know it Or is she the I girlfriend would... At the end
0: H- Maybe because she's not Rita She's not the original blonde that gets Killed, sorry about it Holy fuck I'll cut this out, I swear I know I'm taking too long, but it's gonna drive me crazy I'm googling it <laughs> Hannah McKay. She's Hannah.
1: Yes, that's the last girl yeah. at the end. You're right. Yeah, so the one that gets the... His kid.
0: Yeah. What's the kid's name? Harrison? Oh, yeah! After his dad, Harry. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. I'm making Pat watch Six Feet Under as well. That's that was pretty good. On.
1: I am yeah. in, like, season four or five i never finished it though but i'm very close oh cool i think i
0: did and i know that's like the first place i saw michael c hall or whatever that plays dexter yeah for all of us those listeners if i still keep this in i haven't followed my add trail (laughs) (laughs) dexter michael c hall six feet
1: under and time travel (laughs) And then two more jumps and then we're talking about Kevin Bacon. Monty Pythons.
0: And now for something completely different. A man with three buttocks. (laughs) (laughs) So. uh, For time travel. We did talk about the. Yeah the movies last time. And I had to add that in there. Because we since watched The Tomorrow War. So I wanted to talk about it. It was great. But. We also wanted to talk about the um, predictions that H.G. Wells made in some of his books. He was a pretty famous writer um, of like the 20th century. And he wrote, yeah, like some cool sci-fi stuff, which, yeah, I like sci-fi movies a lot. I haven't read a lot of sci-fi novels, but trying to read The Expanse, which is a really good sci-fi TV show.
1: I've heard of that one.
0: Yeah, it's been praised somewhat for, like, its realism in that, like, they, they'll they have, uh, like, the magnetic kind of space boots that keep them to the floor instead of just, like, floating around. Like, I don't know. They'll do things, like, I guess more realistically in in regards to the space travel and the spaceships and the craft and their movement and stuff. It's cool. It's definitely, like, post-apocalyptic where, like, some of us are still on Earth, but most of Earth is not inhabitable. so people try and like people some people live on Mars, so there's Martians and then there's people that lived on a space that live on a spaceship called the Belt because it's out in like the asteroid belt it's it's cool. yeah, it was um, George R. R. Martin I always talked about it on his blog when I was like super reading his thing all the time. <laughs> oh okay. Which is also how I got into Outlanders. So thanks, George.
1: <laughs> please finish Game of Thrones. Oh, Stop recommending my... TV shows and please finish Game of Thrones. <laughs> All right. So
0: until he does, I wrote a whole bunch. <laughs> so HG wrote HG Wells wrote the book The Time Machine. And he wrote other sci-fi novels that seem to have predicted some futuristic technology with some eerie type of accuracy, we'll say. So it's basically not known that he was a time traveler, but it is pretty coincidental, like, you know, how how he was able to describe some technology that hadn't arrived yet. Okay. Yeah, we'll let you all decide. So... This could have been describing tanks. I'll just let you know. But maybe I should make you guess the rest of them. That might be funner. I don't know.
1: But I already know them. <laughs> yeah, I guess.
0: Damn you and your steel trap memory. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, and, and I, I also thought- got partway through editing this episode so I'm like I've heard this four times I've heard everything about H.G. Wells this is now the fourth time I've heard everything about H.G. Wells it's still fascinating though right yeah it's still really good
0: (laughs) (laughs) so from the 1903 story the land of the ironclads They were essentially long, narrow, and very strong steel frameworks carrying the engines and borne upon eight pairs of big pedrail wheels, each about ten feet in diameter, each a driving wheel, and set upon long axles, free to swivel around a common axis. This arrangement gave them the maximum of adaptability to the contours of the ground, end quote, et cetera, et cetera. And he went on to describe completely a tank down to the or up to the part at the top of the compartment where the gunner sits that's all enclosed or they can pop out of and you know start firing a machine gun at random in most movies
1: I've always seen them pop out of the little top
0: (laughs) exactly but it was a very accurate description especially because I I was like okay I'm going to start reading this to Pat without giving him any context just like okay listen to this listen to this (laughs) i started reading him this long description he's kind of looking at me like uh so i kept going on probably longer than it even should have took him because he's just staring at me like why are you saying (laughs) and then i was like so he's like you're describing a tank and i was like yes (laughs) and yeah i I took that as incontrovertible proof because he's got military experience so i was like all right like that's pretty cool it's good prediction Especially because that was 1903, and they weren't invented until the First World War, or around 1916. And then there's airfare in, and its use in World War I. Four years before it was used in any war, and nine years before it was commonly used in World War II, Wells predicted the, quote, use of powered aircraft against enemy nations. And in his book, The War in the Air, written in 1907, he talked about a global war, this being seven years before the start of World War One. Global wow. war, world war, yeah. <laughs> um, he had his German character say the following quote, War is perhaps already declared. We go to America. Our fleet will descend out of the air upon the United States. It is a country quite unprepared for war. Everywhere, everywhere. And I only included that because of the terrible, stereotypical German accent, which was like, come on. Yeah. (laughs) Buddy, 1903, have you been to Germany? (laughs) So lasers, as well, he talked about in his 1898 novel, The War of the Worlds.
1: (laughs) Which this time ever heard of it? Yeah, I definitely have. (laughs) And I also discovered after I was editing, um, trying to edit this before we figured out we had to re-record it, I was on Netflix and I saw that War of the Worlds is on (laughs) Netflix with Tom Cruise. (laughs) Because I thought for sure, I was like, yeah, you've probably seen this movie. Like, it's
0: fairly well known and also like the... The almost legend, I guess it is. Because it's it's said that a lot of people in the original broadcast thought it was real. But at the same time, there's others that say that it was blown out of proportion. You know, it's one of those, who knows, right? We weren't there. <laughs> yeah. So, that was in 1898. And lasers weren't invented until 1960. Which is almost earlier than I would have guessed. But, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And on to the atomic bomb... In his 1914 book, The World Set Free, he describes using nuclear weapons, it would seem. Never before in the history of warfare has there been a continuing explosive. Indeed, up to the middle of the 20th century, the only explosives known were combustibles, whose explosiveness were due entirely to their instantaneousness, and these atomic bombs which science burst upon the world that night were strange, even to the men who used them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't understand how atomic bombs work. It's interesting like
0: the close timeline he gives though, up until the middle of the 20th century, you know, the only known explosives yeah. were blah blah blah, it's like it would like, um, oh, I don't have it written here, of course. I thought I'd remember. <laughs> but it was pretty accurate in his guess of when they came out, I believe. I believe it was like 1950s, sometime, like atomic bomb, right? So yeah. we just have to look it up and we'd know that, yeah, it was probably around the middle of the 20th century. And then, you must remember, wireless communications. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cell phones. Cell phones. Wireless communication. 1923 book, Men Like Gods. He describes messages that Well, could be like any kind of modern messaging. I think you decide. He said, For in Utopia, except by previous arrangement, people do not talk together on the telephone. A message is sent to the station of the district in which the recipient is known to be. And there it waits until he chooses to tap his accumulated messages. And any that one wishes to repeat can be repeated. Then he talks back to the senders and dispatches any other messages he wishes. The transmission is wireless.
1: And oh, that sounds exactly like voicemail, like, inbox.
0: Yes. You could say voicemail as early as, I don't know, 80s, whatever. And then, like, nowadays, uh, it all can also apply to text messages because of the way it's just, like, they wait there until you tap on them. <laughs> Same as email. It's... And it's all wireless. Yeah, he, he wasn't wrong. And... He also had his virtual assistant version of Alexa. It was called <laughs> Do you remember what it was called?
1: <laughs> so stupid. Um No, but I know the sound it makes. <laughs> what does it what this sound does it make? Galoop, Galoop, galoop. galoop.
0: <laughs> I, remember I remember that. that. I wish I could change my text message notification to "gloop gloop." <laughs> it's just silly. But his name—the name yeah. was very straightforward. It was the General Intelligence Mach- M- Machine Machine, Jim <laughs> for short. Ooh, that's good, Jim. But I wouldn't or have thought gym. of it. That- well, I just w- yeah, it should be just Jim because. Like, that, uh, that makes sense. It's an acronym that actually makes sense.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, he
0: talked about that. H.G. Wells wrote about his general intelligence machine. <laughs> or his gym, or GYM. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a Simpsons reference. GYM? <laughs> what the hell is a GIME? Homer. Because <laughs> he's never seen a gym. Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's too so, much. <laughs> In the 1899 novel, When the Sleeper Wakes, it would like give you news reports. And I just said it would start talking like, galoop galoop, Donald Trump is not reelected. Galoop galoop. Thank God. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh. I feel like we'll get to that because I haven't talked about all my predictions yet. <laughs> and then the moon landing. So nearly 70 years before man walked on the moon, or did they? Bah, bah, bah. Wells published a book called The First Men in the Moon, where people boarded the Cavorite Sphere and shot off to the moon and got lost in the jungle that grew as the sun came up.
1: It's, that <laughs> just seems crazy.
0: I still kind of want to read that book it sounds kind of neat they got Um, off on this little rocket once they got to the jungle like it it was barren when they got there but at night i mean did they have a night (laughs) whatever then there was a jungle and people were there was a tribe and one of them got like injured and one of
1: them like took the spear back home i was just reading like the wikipedia synopsis and i was like this sounds crazy Yeah, I just can't get with it being, like, a barren wasteland, and then when the sun goes down, it's like a jungle.
0: I mean, we have to suspend our disbelief. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, who knows? But, yeah, that doesn't seem very characteristic of the moon we know. (laughs) No. And for his final um, prediction, quote-unquote, H.G. Wells wrote about genetic engineering. In his 1896 novel, The Island of Dr. Morrow, also fairly famous, I think, as a story, a mad scientist experiments with uh, physiological traits of animals in a very similar fashion to genetic engineering of today. But I I usually get confused with the fantasy island, but it's not that one. That's... Cause that's the one where they like put your fan, have your fantasy come to life, but you think it's not real and it is. <laughs> okay, I don't think I've heard of that one. Oh, that one was a more recent movie. They did a remake with a movie with the movie <laughs> of the original old movie of Fantasy Island, and the remake has like Michael Pena and um, oh gosh, isn't a bunch of horror movies nowadays? Uh, Lily, Lily, Lucy Hale. From, like, uh, Truth or Dare or whatever, you know? Yeah. Love that one. But anyway, yeah, she's in Fantasy Island, which was good. But this is... (laughs) See, I always get it confused, because this is the island of Dr. Morrow, which has nothing to do with fantasies in so much as it has to do with genetic engineering, but also had a Simpsons, you know... Uh, parody where Marge I think I mentioned this in our original recording. <laughs> Marge yeah. like, turns into like a panther lady and Homer just goes with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then for a more modern prediction, there was a tweet posted by uh, a man named Drew Curtis, founder of a website called Fark.com and he posted a tweet in 2015 that read Admission. I'm a time traveler from 2020. Enjoy 2016. It's as good as it gets for a while.
1: Yeah, that could be fairly (laughs) accurate. (laughs) We're in 2021 and it's just getting better.
0: Exactly. I was going to say I'd been out to the store today when I didn't have to wear a face mask out in a store and it felt like, it felt like people were Pulling up their shirts and showing their boobs, you're like, I'm not supposed to see that part of your body. I see your mouth. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> but yeah, he could have just as easily not had that tweet come to fruition because, like, he says he made it in jest and it was totally coincidental. You know, he he didn't really say that he had any psychic like, powers or anything. He just retweeted it in May of 2020. Uh that's when If you didn't know, guys, listening years later, possibly, who knows, (laughs) the pandemic had been raging for at least three months in May of 2020. He wrote, that tweet aged well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it did. It
0: did, he wasn't wrong. So some people requested more predictions. When will it get back to normal? He said November, which... Not really true. I wouldn't say it really got normal. They had another wave no. in the state then, as did a lot of places, as did we in Canada and a lot of places. And he said there would be a second lockdown, which was true, and that Trump would not be reelected, and there would be drama surrounding the reason. Eh, so, kind of true,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, he's still out there trying to sue people.
0: Ugh. Who like I've already just forgotten about him entirely, which is what he doesn't want.
1: But too bad. (laughs) Right? Yeah, that's the best thing ever. I don't I no longer think about Donald Trump on a daily basis. And that's just it.
0: It's just that's the kind of power that attracts people to that position. Yeah. I mean, for like in his case, I would say. But possibly someone could have stopped it in fricking project, not was it project Pegasus? Yeah. That we talked about on Patreon. Um, yep. the government, whatever secret government episode. Yeah. Our first episode. Cause we were freaking excited to talk about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, <I love laughs> it. All I, all I remember about it is a guy that worked in that organization when he was a kid and that Obama was on the moon or Mars or something. So Obama could have stopped <laughs> Donald Trump. That's the
0: point I was getting at was the part of the program with the project Pegasus would um, because they had the ability to time travel as they posited, they used it to go back and talk to future presidents and be like, you're going to be president someday. Uh, so like, maybe you should do this or that or whatever, <laughs> which, yeah. May or may not have been the least believable part about it. We'll let you decide.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: He said, <clears throat> The predictor, Drew Curtis, the real rough part is post election when he blames voter fraud, which again, or we should say, obviously, that could have been easily predicted because it's Donald Trump.
1: Yeah.
0: He's going to blame whatever he can.
1: Fraud's his favorite word.
0: <laughs>
1: it was fraud. <laughs>
0: Fake news.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: He most notably did not mention anything about the storming of the Capitol that happened on, I want to say January 6th, which again is just a fancy name they give for things that shouldn't go down in history is fanciful, but people, mostly Trump supporters, that raged into the stupid or the Capitol building like stupid idiots. And
1: yeah, that was dangerous.
0: Yeah, eventually caused at least one death that I know of. It wasn't victimless. A police officer was killed, as far as I know, in that insurrection or whatever you want a fancy name. You know they want to call it. Yeah, it's so stupid. At least most of them were dumb enough to post it to their social media, so they're getting caught. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the saving grace. <laughs> Just say it. Yeah, they did.
0: Um. Nothing about the storming of the Capitol from this guy, but finally he did say, "Don't give guns to robots," which like I feel like I could have told you that too. Not really a prediction.
1: <laughs> if I robot taught me anything, it's that we should give ro we should give Sonny the robot a gun.
0: The good robots, yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: the ones that sure. are going to keep us in the people zoo. <laughs> yeah. I just have a little end on the (laughs) predictions about like, yeah, I guess 2020 or whatever. Uh, This article that I was reading about the, Oh yeah. The Drew Curtis guy who made the tweet about 2020 was sucky (laughs) time traveler. Um, Sylvia Brown uh, had a prediction in one of her books about a viral respiratory illness in or around 2020. And I guess she's pretty famous for her predictions and, uh, you know, it's, she's got her fans and questionable whether they're all, you know, true or not. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So she did predict that COVID or this illness would come suddenly and vanish just as suddenly and then reappear 10 years later. So... Yeah, it did come suddenly. As far as we know, it hasn't really vanished suddenly yet or come back. No. So, hopefully,
1: it doesn't come back in 10 years.
0: No. And also, it does seem like one of those ones where it's like it's just rolling the dice because many people said that we were due for another pandemic type illness, like a plague type illness. (laughs) So, it wasn't just her, it was like scientists, and she was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to sound smart.
1: Or I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, the very um, well
1: could be the case.
0: Yeah, although we should do an episode completely on psychics because <laughs> I had to write down a few more of her predictions. Um, she predicted Arnold Schwarzenegger would run for office. So,
1: you know, he's the governor. Yeah. Is he still? I don't know. I not Don't think he's the governor of
0: California anymore. I don't think so. His daughter's dating Chris Pratt, though, just to bring it back to the first of our episode. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then she would have some true crime. Really, two people would be arrested for the Oklahoma City bombings, she said, which I believe did turn out to be true. But isn't that specific? (laughs) My opinion. No. No. (laughs) <laughs> two people are arrested wonderful that helps us a lot ma'am no <laughs> yeah can you can you give an
1: address
0: <laughs> exactly um which unfortunately sometimes they can't yeah and she also said john benay ramsey's case would never be solved and i mean we all have our opinions on that i'm sure And whether or not it's solved in some of our minds, but not convicted. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And also that Madonna would have a child with a different man. But she also predicted that Amanda Berry, a missing woman, was dead. And she was later found in Ariel Castro's house, as a lot of us know, with two other missing women, Michelle Knight and Gina de Jesus. And she was asked about this mistake and shot back. Only God is right all the time.
1: Which, I mean, you shouldn't run around telling people their kids are dead.
0: If you're a fake, maybe don't report on true crime cases. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't the only one. She also told 11-year-old Sean Horbeck's parents that he was dead and had been kidnapped by a dark-skinned man with dreadlocks. And he was found alive five years later and the perp was white with short hair. She even said she would die at age 88, but she was 77. Got that wrong, Sylvia?
1: Yeah, it so- sounds like she got most things wrong. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> I've had enough with this recording, this episode. no. <laughs> <laughs> Retired of this time loop. Make it stop.
0: It was the heat of the moment. <laughs> Natural fans, you know.
1: And, and posted it's Tuesday.
0: That. Yeah, it is! Oh, no. <laughs> Some of the jokes in that episode haven't aged well. Like, when he goes, I had a crazy dream, and Dean goes, like, what, clowns or midgets? And you're like, oh. You shouldn't say yeah. that. <laughs> anyway, we'll be right back after these messages. Um, <laughs> after
1: these bathroom breaks. <laughs> Hello! And we Oh yeah.
0: Professionalism. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I was just thinking, if this doesn't record, (laughs) I don't give a shit. They're getting
1: whatever version we have. (laughs) We're gonna paper mache this sucker together and just hit post. oh my god like that there's an old canadian show like i
0: don't know americans might think of like tim allen and tool time but like this guy's like red green red green put everything together with duct tape
1: (laughs) if she don't find you handsome she better find you handy exactly
0: and he always says keep your stick on the ice (laughs)
1: because i was like i don't don't remember remember that." that
0: Well, I had to ask Pat, because I was like, am I thinking of, like, Don Cherry or some hockey guy? I was like, who, like, keep your stick on the ice.
1: Like, who says that? He was like, red, green. I was like, oh. <laughs> I loved red, green. I watched that, like, so much with my dad.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, and it's like, everybody outside of Canada right now was like, what the hell are you saying? <laughs> no.
1: I just liked when they, in every episode near the end, they had to go out to feed, was it, like, a beaver or something? Oh, was it? Oh, I
0: think so. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Like a pet beaver. It's because it's so very they,
1: quintessentially Canadian. <laughs> yeah, and they had the one guy, Um, he always went with the bucket, and you're like, it's time to go feed so-and-so.
0: Oh, my God. Because we all have pet beavers, don't you know?
1: It's <laughs> mm-hmm. how we but get it. from our igloo to work. I was telling my buddy Jay, yeah,
0: there's a there was a segment that came on like... um. I think it's this hour has 22 minutes, the parody show. And then it's like the segment was talking to Americans and um, Rick Mercer would go and ask Americans different things like, you know, what do you think of Canadians and their igloos or something to that effect just to see if they kind of knew if we lived in igloos or not.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: They often did not realize that we do live in houses.
1: No. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was just the ones that didn't realize that they put on the show and then call it talking to Americans. And,
1: oh, oh, yeah, I'm sure none of the <laughs> 90% of people that were like, what are you an idiot? Like in response to anything he asked them, I'm sure they never used a single one of those clips ever.
0: No, exactly. That show yeah. wasn't just so educated, informed
1: answers <laughs> but it was funny it was like the original like billy on the street with billy eichner just running up to people telling oh, you stuff that's right what was that was oh my god was that more
0: canadian television i think we derailed no <laughs> was it was it like no. or much tv or much
1: no no billy eichner was like um he had a show called billy on the street that might have been on much it was american and he'd just run up to you and be like are you on the side of jay-z or beyonce and then they'd be like jay-z and you'd be like well fuck you (laughs)
0: okay no i don't know i think much much music was maybe canadian and mtv was american but i don't know that that was the original like trash tv we don't need to go back there no
1: (laughs) But Rick Mercer was funny. He'd run up to you with a microphone. He'd be like, We, so like Canada just got a newspaper. They just have a printing press now. Would you like to congratulate them? So they just have people be like, Congratulations, Canada, on getting your first newspaper. And it'd be so
0: awkward.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's true. (laughs) Like they just invented microwaves. (laughs) they finally can microwave food do you want to congratulate a canadian for being able to microwave popcorn be like congrats (laughs) we're across like an invisible border from you but we gotta be worlds away but that's how every country
0: is about each other i think i think we all are just like stereotypes yes anything else about the country we have no idea no And speaking of such, we have a guy that does claim to be a from a Spanish city, but he also claims to be from a different year. <laughs> oh, so, wow. Even harder to fathom, right? <laughs> um, so this TikTok user who's from Spain, so I don't know, his TikTok is, TikTok is something like a Unico Sobreviviente or something. And he's posted a series of videos that claim to show him in an empty world. Da, da, da.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> kind of confusing.
0: It, it just boggled my mind at first, because that kind of stuff is like where you're like, yeah, if it was the end of the world, we'd all get stuck in a Walmart, right? That'd be cool. Everybody has those thoughts. no?
1: <laughs> yeah, like who is heading to Costco? Who would head to a bank and try and break in? Who would head to Costco? Who's going to Walmart? I used to just, like, fantasize that I would just
0: get left overnight in a mall and that somehow I'd be able to get into every store with no repercussions. Yeah. <laughs> just, there's no security cameras anywhere. None of the doors are locked. Exactly, because anyone who's worked in a mall and it closed up for the night, you know all the stores, like, drag their little, you know, <laughs> metal or... Whatever partitions across, and they lock that shit up for the night. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that is kind of what's weird about these videos. They are taken all over Valencia, Spain, and they never have any people in them no moving cars, no animals, anything of the sort. The guy says, the TikTok user says that he woke up in a hospital in Valencia. He says, I couldn't remember my name or where I lived. I decided to go outside and there were no people. And everything was like in 2021, but the electronic devices showed 2027. He says, I discovered that there was a connection between 2021 and 2027. People in 2021 could see objects left in the city, but people couldn't see me and I couldn't see them. That's creepy. It is. It is. (laughs) If it's true, it's very, very, very creepy. He also said a few days ago, I found a letter telling me that I am the JESP8827 experiment. I came from 2027 and I am now in a parallel world in 2021 without people or animals. Which isn't a whole lot of information, I must say, for if he is an experiment.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you went from being in the future to being in the current time like in the present but in a parallel universe
0: (laughs) right yeah that sounds like that's what they're telling him you're from 2027 you're in this weird 2021 now sorry (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm like what the hell so but he has been uploading these videos to tiktok and so obviously people are interacting with him online and saying requesting that he go to different places to prove his legitimacy go to a sports stadium go to a mcdonald's go to a hospital so he does go to all these different kind of places and i don't know yeah the mcdonald's to me did look really weird because i don't know i guess i i worked in a mcdonald's the only time it was that quiet was when it's literally closed at night (laughs) so i feel like yeah you'd have to have some access which to a mcdonald's wouldn't be that hard but to any other places like uh what a hospital a sports stadium to be in there at night when it's quiet and there's no one there would be really difficult i feel like unless you knew somebody
1: yeah there's like never not people at a hospital
0: no and that's the same thing with the mcdonald's and then like he goes in there and like it creeps me out because i was listening to watching the video on the tiktok because you can watch a bunch of youtube content compilation videos where people talk about him and you almost have to at first because his videos they're captioned all in spanish so you're like i don't know what the fuck you're saying it just looks like you're walking around a, a blank world
1: yeah
0: <laughs> so yeah you listen to or you watch these youtubers but then like in the in his video it's just like all you can hear in the mcdonald's is just like the fry timer beeping like boop 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 oh, and i was like that's just what the fry paper sounds like. And then there's no one in there and there's, then you just like, you just see a food tray sitting there with like a a perfectly made meal. And I don't know if he made it there. Like there's some tables that had like, you know, coats strewn about them or whatever, but then it just looks like he sits down to a meal and you're like, okay, that's weirdly like everything's still working. Everything's fresh. Otherwise you couldn't be eating that. So
1: yeah, that's (laughs) the part that confuses me. Like, Is if the whole world stopped, I'm pretty sure, like, electricity would stop being, like, provided. Yeah, how can you be the only one in
0: that, you know, parallel universe, if that's what it is, and yet the uh, electricity is working? Yeah, it's kind of weird. (laughs) Kind of, I mean, a million. (laughs) But the videos are quite interesting, I must say. Oh, especially, so someone smart asked him to do a live stream to help prove that it's not a video that's been edited in post or after the fact. Oh, okay. And he did, actually. I I saw it. I didn't see it live. <laughs> but anyone that's been on, like, an Instagram live or whatever knows that, like, it comes up as this little, like, live red bar down at the bottom. So, like, it, it legit looked like a live video um that's what it looked like but on tiktok and but i guess if you're good at editing video of course you could edit that (laughs) yeah (laughs) and he'll do other things to try and you know quote unquote prove himself like hide things for people in 2021 to find because remember he said they could interact with him in a way so people show themselves picking up the objects that, like, he'll, like, tuck something tiny, like a little, like, keychain into, like, a brick wall or a stone, you know, wall that has a little space. And then, like, someone goes there and they, you see them picking it up and they're, like, looking at it. And you're, like, oh, it must be 2020. They're wearing a mask. And you're, like, they found it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So I don't know. It's, it, it's definitely interesting. But still, it's not infallible proof (laughs) no but then he showed some driving videos which i think would be hard to edit and they look hard to edit he was asked to like go to a dealership and pick out a porsche or some kind of fancy car so he went to a dealership it looked like there was just like keys sitting on the table just like waiting for him so i don't really know what that's about that again maybe
1: feels a little staged Yeah, I'm pretty sure they keep them in a box that's, like, locked at the wall. They're just all on a table in the middle of the
0: room and, like, come first, come, wait, what is it? Come first,
1: come serve. (laughs) Oh, God. First come, first serve?
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay.
0: I was like, I can't get it out. That's not right. (laughs) First come, first serve. Yeah. So he shows himself driving these cars, like this Porsche that he picked up, and he shows himself driving it along this highway where there would presumably be a lot of other cars. And then also even at nighttime, which a lot of people said it would be really, really difficult to edit, especially on a busy road where there would likely be some headlights. So again, I don't really know what to make of that. Yeah. 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 Although I must agree, it would be more difficult to edit, like edit a video where someone is running or driving and there's lights or they're running and they're looking from side to side. And, and I mean, yeah. that's, that's just what I know from editing like a friggin' single track podcast, which is hard enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even have video.
0: Ugh so the guy in the tiktok videos yeah he does some of them running and looking from side to side and things like that but he never really shows his face he walks by a storefront window where you can see his side on reflection and it does show himself but his face is obscured by his clothing his hoodie whatever the reflection it's hard to see and you can see his hand opening doors And in one video, it does appear that in some shots it's a hairy hand that's opening the doors, but in others it doesn't match that, and it's not hairy at all. So that also Mm just
1: shaves your the back of your hand.
0: (laughs) And even then, even if you shaved your hand, you would have some stubble, you know?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, like it wouldn't be smooth looking.
1: No, he doesn't seem very believable. That part. Like, the
0: videos, to me, when you watch them, are very compelling. Um, But then when somebody points out a detail like that, yeah, it it does definitely dash into the uh, credibility for me as well. It's kind of like, well... And uh, maybe I talk about this in a minute, but, like, some people think that maybe it could be multiple people. And that it's more of, like, a marketing thing for the city, which, to me, would explain why they were able to get into places like hospitals, stadiums and car dealerships etc oh
1: okay yeah I, I think that's probably what it is i don't think one person would be able to like orchestrate this whole thing
0: yeah there's
1: definitely parts where you're like well yeah how are you
0: transmitting back to our time then and to me Also, I was like, why wouldn't you be more scared if you're, like, alone in the universe and you're like, I can only post a TikTok, but I'm just going to, like, put this, you know, kind of creepy music in and walk around places. I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, where's
1: my mom and dad, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going to be like, hey, what do you guys want me to do next? What's up next? I go to the
0: pizza parlor. Yeah, I don't know. And then the hand, yeah, the hand thing, I was like, oh, yeah, it could be multiple people for sure. Um, People also argued it could be something called an ARG or an alternate reality game. It's a game that uses the real world as a platform. And some movies that we might know have elements of this alternate reality world where you are on Earth and interacting with Earth, but it's not the present day Earth as we know it. And the movies include movies like Cloverfield, Super 8, The Blair Witch Project, and Ready Player One. Which, Ready Player One is a huge hit in my house. Pat loves that movie. (laughs) It's fun. (laughs) But yeah, like, um, I've definitely heard of things like that. Or movies like, or sorry, games like Assassin's Creed, I believe it is, where they've like mapped out their real world so well. So that they can have a real looking you know first person shooter game in there or whatever that when the cathedral in paris there burned down um they actually turned to the game producers who had the schematics mapped out like precisely because they had copied them for the game world and they actually like reached out to them because they were like we have to rebuild this iconic landmark and you have the blueprints like done really well in 3d can we have them
1: (laughs) that's so crazy (laughs) to me
0: i know some people commented that it is eerily reminiscent of stephen king's miniseries the langoliers which is about 10 plane passengers who apparently awake to find that everyone else on their boston bound jet has vanished sounds good yeah it's stephen king i mean (laughs) yeah exactly it's always worth a try finally we have to look at the fact that this tiktok user posting the videos that are supposedly in 2027 in valencia spain he's shown opening many secure areas with keys so yes like i kind of alluded to earlier many have theorized that he's working with the valencia tourism department and it's more of a Tourism
1: stunt, I guess,
0: a marketing stunt.
1: Oh, okay. Stunt? I don't
0: know. I don't. Yeah.
1: Know. How How else would you just know where to find keys for doors all the time?
0: And because, as I know, someone commented it in a much better way that I'm going to sum it up here. But they're like, "Well, until you're like smashing shit and putting things on fire, like I don't believe you're really there in another year because you're just like walking around." <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, well, kinda, yeah, exactly. That's the main um detriment to that argument. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd,
1: I'd be taking all the non-perishable foods and I'd be setting up a bunker somewhere.
0: Because you'd think that would be his main concern. His surviving, yeah. not posting to TikTok in 2021 through whatever Wi-Fi he must have there
1: yeah yeah along with the unending power supply it's one of those things like pat will always show it to me because he'll know
0: i'll be interested to watch it like what how would that be but then like you watch it and you're like you're kind of your your naive brain like settles down and well for me anyway (laughs) yeah my initial brain isn't like always like super skeptic so i'm like well, that'd be cool, but then I'm like, well, no, you know? Yeah, <laughs> my first
1: thought wouldn't be, like, go to McDonald's and make some fucking french fries.
0: <sighs> but wouldn't you be craving french fries if you just woke up in the hospital like and Murphy did and 28 days later, and he's like, what the fuck? There's aliens! Or no, there's zombies everywhere! <laughs> he should have gone yeah. to McDonald's. Because, like, damn it you're gonna need some fucking calories if you're gonna outrun those things
1: yeah
0: that's pretty much it about that guy he did go into um an airport when they asked him to he went to the nearest international airport i think it's the nearest one because it's madrid international airport which was
1: very weird to see it absent of people (laughs) usually yeah that's Like another place, like a hospital, there's never not people.
0: Exactly. There might be a few, but even early in the morning, there's quite a few. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, there's still hundreds of people at, like, airports and hospitals any time of day. They're never closed. Exactly.
0: And there was no one there in the videos. He went into a zoo. He went into an animal enclosure. And he went into a police station and into a police car in one of the videos I saw. Cheese. he went into a jewelry store, but I noticed that he didn't take anything out of the jewelry store. He put the gold bars all back in their place and all that, so I was kind
1: of like, if you're alone, why not just take it? Yeah. The people in the parallel universe watching you on TikTok won't rat you out, man. We will not! <laughs> and also, like,
0: if you grew up in a world where you're like gold is worth everything you would feel like you would need to almost I don't know so they're not to be confused there's a youtube channel that seems to be like a copycat of this tiktoker because they are called 91 days travel blog and they have posted videos that are claiming to be the last two survivors in Valencia instead of just this guy who is on tiktok who says he's The last
1: survivor in Valencia. So there's three last survivors in Valencia. (laughs) The rest of the world's fine, but what the fuck is happening in Valencia that there's only three people?
0: Yeah, that could detract from the first guy or just be like, ooh, look, he's got some flatterers. Like I was like, oh no. Yeah, that probably just says you're less credible. But
1: people are trying to imitate you. That's flattering. Yeah, they could pick their own city, though.
0: <laughs> right.
1: The, we live here, too.
0: So, what kind of sucks is, like, the video one that I showed you. Because it was a nice compilation of a bunch of supposed people teleporting or time traveling. But most of them were just, like, people kind of poofing in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll definitely post it like if we can on our on our website i think it'd be cool like what i liked about it was like yeah it was a list of 20 different supposed incidents where people either appeared or disappeared for the most part that was that was what it was which was cool and it was mostly on a video like a lot of times cctv video which i'm like oh that's neat um so it It was kind of interesting. Like, some of them were less believable than others because they weren't all videos. Um, Especially those ones where it's like, oh, this is a painting of a man holding a cell phone in 1400. And you're like, is it? Or were they just holding a little book or something? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I thought that what was cool about some of those were how it looked like a, like it would, there would be like a blip of light and then the person would, like, disappear in some manner or whatever. Yeah. Very strange. Um, yeah, I don't know. For the I, I don't know that I want to go through them all again. I will post a picture, though, at least. Um, and if you haven't on the website, I don't know. The guy number eight on the list was Haken Nordkvist uh scandinavian guy i don't know if he was swedish or norwegian but he had like a broken sink remember and then he went underneath and he like basically crawled into a little rabbit hole (laughs) what's cool about his was he said he met himself in the future and when you see in the video they show their like matching tattoos and you're like well yeah that looks pretty cool (laughs) i think
1: Yeah, it'd be hard to convince somebody who looks like an older version of you to get a tattoo for a YouTube video.
0: Exactly. And if it was some type of Photoshop or CGI of some kind, I don't know. I've never seen anything of that sort because everything around it is pretty low grade. So it doesn't look like it could be manipulated that well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Lastly... The Randalsham Forest UFO Incident, and that is about on Boxing Day in 1980, so the 26th of December. And several U.S. Air Force security personnel that were stationed at RAF Woodbridge in Suffolk, England, saw something very strange. So they were just some U.S. military personnel stationed in England, and they were called to investigate some odd lights in the forest, which possibly was a plane crash or other aircraft crash. Oh, okay. Yeah, just a normal day in their little Air Force lives. (laughs) Of course, I had to diverge here, because I have ADD. No, (laughs) I had written, I watched a YouTube video featuring one of the Air Force's guys who was there from that day. His name is Jim Peniston. And then I was telling you about how on later episodes of Wine and Crime, they had come across uh, an area in England called Peniston. And I like oh. totally, when Pat was trying to show me the video, I totally derailed and was like, Jim Peniston? What? But that's. he's like what what are you talking about i'm like uh nothing but anyway uh yeah his name is jim penniston one of the air force guys and i'm sorry because he sounds very (laughs) and very smart so he and nick pope who has been featured on ancient aliens and a third guy named stephen greenstreet We're having an interview on a YouTube video, and that's, I think, the first thing, like, Pat showed me to kind of catch me onto this story. So, as Penniston recounts, they approached the lights in the woods, and they saw a craft had, in fact, seemingly landed in the woods. The lights dissipated as he drew nearer, and he said once he got a good look at it, it looked like a black glass kind of material. Penniston once he got closer to it Jim was like it was like walking through water he felt a huge resistance in the air like total you know not like normal air viscosity it was thick (laughs) okay yeah so he couldn't it was hard to get closer to the craft and once he was within 10 feet of it the feeling of oppression was gone So it was like he came through a barrier or something, in my mind. Like a force field.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) And the craft that he found had no landing gear, it had no seams, no rivets, no intakes, no compartments or flaps, and all the kinds of things he was looking for that would be on any sort of human-made aircraft.
1: Yeah, so, like, no way to steer or direct it or anything, I guess?
0: Well, and he's still on the outside, but, like, even with ours, with rivets and stuff, it's, like, I think of those as, like, the bolts that holds the metal together. So it's almost like it's seemingly, you know, made out of a 3D printer or something where it's completely seamless. Or one of those broad yeah you buy those bras and they have no stitching and they're like we have no seams (laughs) we're completely (laughs) smooth (laughs) I don't know but yeah he said it was like looking at black glass um once he got within 10 feet of it Jim uh yeah said the feeling of impression was gone then he noticed there was no gears or anything like that like I said like nothing barring the surface at all and, or rather, it did have one thing on it, and it was like these symbols or these glyphs, you know, hieroglyphs, whatever. It was something that was not human English language or anything like that. What I do know is that with the glyphs, he did end up touching the craft, and he touched the symbols, Literally, I can't find the, the page of my notes right now, but it was, like, he got a blinding flash of light and, like, a download of information is what he called it later. Because at the time, download was not a common term, and I don't think he had a term that could encompass what he felt until later. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Like, he touched the craft and he felt information and stuff come at him. Yeah. He okay. was having some visions. Yeah, totally. Like, hard visions. (laughs) He did end up writing a four-page statement for the OSI, or the Office of Special Investigations. And they showed it to him afterwards, after they had supposedly just typed it up. It was about a half a page in all. And Penniston said, the heck is that? (laughs) They're like, your statement. And he was like, no, it's not. That's not what I told Where's the rest of it? exactly he wrote four pages like handwritten and they said well this is the story you're going to tell if anyone asks okay so sorry i do have a little bit on it here (laughs) i said he much like our pal bob lazar couldn't resist touching the side of the craft
1: shiny (laughs)
0: no i mean it's pretty cool that it's like black glass though I probably would too, in most circumstances, touch something that looked that shiny and black metal. Like, what is this? <laughs> I mean, what the heck would you know from the outside of something? It's not like when you touch a plane, something happens to you.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So Peniston said, What the heck is that half a page? And they said, It's your statement. And he was like, No, it's not. It's not what I told you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he couldn't resist touching the side of the craft. He had felt a jolt when that happened. So he touched one of the glyphs in particular on the side of the craft, like these weird symbols, and he saw a blinding flash of light. Like, blinded by the light. No.
1: <laughs> I had to stop myself from doing that, so that's so funny.
0: I'm like... I would just like everyone to know, I know that the next lyric is, revved up like a deuce, another runner in the night. It's one of those misheard song lyrics where everyone's like, what is it about a douche? (laughs) (laughs) And do you know it's by Manfred's, Manfred Mann's Earth Band? (laughs) No, all I know is that one line of the song. Yeah, neither did I. I didn't know who sang it. But anyway, Peniston, Peniston, he started to see these numbers flashing in his mind's eye, so to speak. A shit ton of zeros and ones after he touched the craft. Um, He kept seeing them even after he stopped his contact with the craft. Now he describes it as sort of similar to a down. So I'm sorry I said that. But yeah, now he's like, it kind of felt like a down something. The numbers kind of plagued him for a bit, and he decided he might feel better if he tried to write these down. And as he did, he felt a sense of relief. So he was writing down numbers that were like, you know, kind of flashing across his mind's eye. But as he wrote them down, he was like, I kind of felt like better and better after oh, he. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird, but you're like, okay, good for you. (laughs) And then later, as computers developed binary code, and it became part of our everyday lives, you know, in the back end of things, um, at some point they had a computer programmer look into the info that Penniston had copied down from his head, those zeros and ones. So to their startlement, it started with a few lines of text that were clearly meant to be a message to the recipient. It said, exploration of humanity, eyes of our eyes, origin year
1: 8100. Oh, that's <laughs> creepy. Kind of creepy, yes.
0: <laughs> You're like, okay, yeah, maybe we'll be back better in the future, but still i don't want any messages from the
1: future it's i don't know what to do with that especially like 8100 that's so 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 far in the future
0: insane you think people like we have problems contemplating things before our countries were invented like i'll listen to so many podcasts where like americans would be like wait this happened on north america and like it can be, like, 1736 or something. It'll be, like, 40 years before they became a country. And they're like, whoa, it's I hard to believe there are people here. And you're like, I know, I kind of feel the same way, where you're like, this shit didn't, like, nothing happened before I was here. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, whatever. But, yeah, it's so cool. So it was, like, the crazy part to me is they were sent this through binary before we even know what binary was. It's like, I watched them, like, flipping it through a notebook where they had, like, Xerox copies of, like, the original where he wrote it out, like, longhand, like, wrote it. I was like, dude, I hate writing my notes. Like, that must have been a pain in the ass. And you're like, I'm writing (laughs) out something the aliens told me. I don't know.
1: (laughs) It's dedication. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, they had said exploration of humanity, eyes of our eyes, origin year 8100. After that, from the binary, what they transcoded or whatever uh, followed a list of coordinates that matched geographical locations of sacred sites, such as the pyramids, the Nazca Lines in Peru, the Temple of Apollo, Greece, and so on. Almost doesn't surprise me. Crazy. It is, but like, oh, it seems like anybody that made up these like monolithic sites had so much knowledge into the ancient stars and shit, and it's just crazy. Other than that, one of the coordinates that was written down points to an area that is in the ocean on modern maps off the coast of Ireland. So you'd think that it was perhaps a mistake that it was added into the coordinate list that we got. But until you look at maps from the 15th century, there is actually an island exactly where the coordinates showed there were coordinates. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, It's like, okay, there's go to this point of land. And you're like, but there's no land there. And it's like, well, in the 15th century there was. And you're like, well, that's pretty crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that seems, like, insane that this guy, like, even if it was all, like, bogus or whatever, that he had coordinates to some random fucking island from 500 years ago. Yeah, like,
0: I don't know. Maybe more believable than the H.G. Well, or this is not what he said. Right. Cause now I'm getting confused, but no, this is, Oh yeah. No, no. no Cause this is what the guy downloaded from the glyphs when he just like touched it. He was like, yeah, he didn't want that shit. He just like touched it. And it was like downloaded into his brain. But like basically at the time that it happened in the seventies or whatever, he was like, the word download was not commonly used. But, like, nowadays, he's like, yeah, that's what I felt. Like. It felt like a download. And you're like, that is so fucking weird. Yeah. Um, it's creepy. It's so cool. Um. Okay, so to end that, uh, the island exactly where there's coordinates show that there would have been an island in the 15th century. Um, apparently, that island was known as the Celtic Atlantis or High Brazil. So maybe Celtic Atlantis because it has since di- disappeared. Sorry, but I'm not sure. And obviously, obviously, we need to do more uh, research on the ocean because I don't know. <laughs> we know so little about the ocean; it's insane. It's fascinating. I don't know. Yeah, we def we have a few we want to get into it. Blup, blup. <laughs> We have so much we want to cover, but we also want to encourage you guys to keep sending, if you can,
1: keep sending uh, or send any listener stories. Uh, Yeah, we've gotten some episode ideas, so I feel like we have enough of those. But if you guys want to send listener stories and you can contact us through social media or on the website, you can our emails listed on there. Yes, I think it's castlesencrypted@gmail.com.
0: at it's gmail.com. It's not hard, guys.
1: Yeah, you'll <laughs> figure it. it
0: out. Oh, they're so good. Whenever you hear listener stories, it can be like, I don't know. It just like, it's so personal feeling. You know what I mean? I love listening
1: to those. They're really cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and they can oh, be about anything we'll figure out a space for them so just send it in any story true crime supernatural did you see a ghost send us something goddamn right we will we are not stopping this podcast so yeah it will get talked about
0: (laughs) yeah we appreciate the feedback for sure we'll keep up on the instagram and ask for more listeners spooky stories and i think we'll do another one of those like i said like uh maybe one for regular but i would like to do them for patreon too so you never know you might want to check us out there on patreon.com slash castles and cryptids i think it is
1: (laughs) yeah we also at some point want to do us do like a ask us anything kind of thing so if you have questions for that too you could send them our way
0: yes yeah oh the fun stuff is endless um I didn't tell you yet, Kelsey, but um, recently my mom wanted me to come visit kind of back in New Brunswick, Canada, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I know I want to. Like we saw you last year whatever. It'd be good. But also podcasting is hard. Um, (laughs) But in Maine, right next to New Brunswick, they actually, that is where they have the Cryptozoology Museum of the United States. Oh my God yeah we might have to do a hometown haunt kind of trip you know after we get done doing any craziness on the west coast there's uh there's actually some cool shit on the east coast too so we have a lot of ground to cover
1: i'm really excited (laughs) yeah donate to our patreon so we can go to that museum
0: (laughs) yes patreon i love because if any of you that don't know because not everybody knows what patreon is But, you know, you can donate uh, to your artists, your favorite artists that you like. And in this case, you know, if your artists that your favorite artists are us, you can log on, donate a buck or two a month and listen to our extra episodes. And then you can leave again if you want to, because it's just what it is. It's just paying for what you want when you want. I think that's the uh, the future of things. So I kind of like it, but. Yeah. I, I definitely I just I am not just talking out of my ass my favorite podcast I will subscribe to their patreon as soon as I'm out of the regular episodes because I'm like I want more content yeah <laughs> so yeah we'll try to keep that shit up for you guys so that it's quality on there as well and we're working on a new one and it has to do with spies so I think it's gonna be really fun and yeah and then we're gonna maybe get in to some conspiracies and stuff who knows
1: <laughs> yeah there's there's always we're always working on something
0: oh every damn hustling
1: yeah <laughs> never ends <laughs> oh
0: well until then um stay cryptic i was thinking is a good sign off
1: yeah
0: <laughs> all right sounds good and we'll catch you next time Bye. Bye. (laughs)
1: This has been Castles Encrypteds. You can listen to our podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Our episodes are also uploaded to our YouTube channel. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page to view all of our tiers. Become a Patreon supporter today to unlock monthly bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes content. You can also take our poll and let us know what kind of bonus content you'd like to see in the future. On our website, you can listen to all of our episodes, as well as view pictures for each of our segments. Our music is by Kobe Offair. Thanks for listening!